Welcome to Sharon Feelings. My name is Chris Sharon. Hey everyone, and welcome to the episode. How are we feeling? I've been having a lot of weird dreams and random anxious moments throughout the day. Let this be a reminder to take all the mental health breaks you need whenever you need them. Do whatever makes you happy and give yourself permission to do it. All right, let's get into it. Today I have a special guest, my very new friend, but still very good friend, Corey J. Bradford. I think you'll be able to tell right off the bat how nervous I am for this conversation. Unlike all my other guests so far, Corey and I have never had the pleasure of sitting down and having a good old deep talk. But all that changes in this episode. After chit-chatting, we finally center ourselves by focusing on just how important it is to do what we're doing, sharing our time and thoughts and feelings with one another. Corey shares with me the difficulty in evolving and exploring different versions of himself when he has long-term friendships with people that know him one particular way. We agree that we can never be afraid or embarrassed to try something new. He takes some time to tell me all about his new passion project, The Weak Spots, now streaming on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, so make sure you check it out. Corey and I discuss the origin of purpose, how to be our best selves, the power of saying yes, and how in every day and every moment we are faced with choices. We can only hope to choose what is right for us and for our betterment as people, and no matter what, to be proud of the choices you make. After our long and fulfilling talk, we decide that maybe 2020 is in fact the year we all needed to try new things, to learn more, and begin our change. Hello. Hey, what's going on? Nothing much. Just getting some stuff done for oh. our chat. <laughs> Always getting stuff done. You've been busier than ever. Make, and that's my own fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good. That's a good thing. I like being busy. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little nervous because, like, I the only people that I've interviewed in the past have been like you know friends that I've known for many years, and like I'm excited for it. I'm not. I'm started to be more of an open book and sometimes it's a blessing and a curse because it makes me I can warm up to people really fast Mm. however sometimes I don't know if people even ask for that (laughs) like I just tell them too much about me at one point but honestly I don't even apologize for it like it's just who I am and I'm more excited and I just feel like I mean you're doing something for uh, your project where you're talking now you know talking to people that you don't necessarily have a previous bond or friendship with and for me it's just you know getting being vulnerable and getting you know my story and what I have just taken away from life and putting it you know on a bigger platform than a chat just to you like you're getting it out to tons of people so I'm just more so excited to do it and to you know keep you know just living life any chance we get to connect with other people and just like open ourselves up and listen and and try to learn and I I think like that is one of the core values of this podcast but but mostly just like of my life and I think in doing the podcast I've realized that that has been sort of at the center of my life for so long and I didn't really ever put words to it or anything like that but I don't know when I was younger I'd always get made fun of that I was a hallmark card like the things that I would say were like yeah we're just like flowery or buttery or normal people don't talk like that or just like overly romantic and it got (laughs) to the point where like I think some people found it hard to like trust the things that I was saying because of that 
But yeah. I realized what fueled that for me was was really that I just wanted to like connect with people, you know? I just wanted to feel right. like a deep sense of love. It's more accepted now, I feel, that I've gone through life and now I'm a little older and stuff. But as like a 15-year-old, people just like weren't right. ready to accept that, you know? Exactly, yeah. I, I definitely relate to you on that. And a lot of times I felt not of this time if that makes sense yes I felt like I just I was told by my family that I had an old soul yes and that I just do things and think of things and even like that my music taste is very mature for my age and I'm able to relate to people in just our age group however I think I just have so many different versions of myself and I think everyone just has versions of themselves and we present the best version of ourselves to society and I feel like that's what people see us as and put us in a box like right now I am just trying to turn over a new leaf in just who I am and who, how I'm presented and the version that I of myself that I want to be seen as and it's, it's very hard because I have a lot of like 10 year friendships and people know me as this version of myself and now I am kind of just evolving you know and it's hard to do that when you have people who want to keep you in the past and it's tough but you know I guess you just learn your boundaries of people what people are like what you can't say around them what you can't say and not to kind of disclaimer yourself but for other people to be like okay this is where they're at I'm not going to get you know deeply emotional and, and <laughs> with this person we can just talk about like TV shows or something that, yes. I, think, I think there's versions of ourselves that complement kind of all the different people we meet and it's just learning how to still, still be adaptable to different people, different personalities, different mindsets, however as long as it stays true to you mm. I feel like and I feel like if it doesn't stay true to me then I, I'm not like gonna ghost anyone or just completely disappear but I think I just would not, you know, be so keen on let's hang out or let's, you know, meet up for coffee because I just would not be able to relate with that person. That's the real okay, I feel like. Right, it's right. It's okay if I just, you know, don't like yeah that's that's the challenge of like i i feel like mid to late 20s because you know like you said you have a lot of like long-term friendships that were started in high school or before even or something when you were a totally different version of yourself and you've yeah. evolved so much already you know the challenge of growing up is i think realizing that not necessarily dropping the relationship or letting go, but sort of letting it evolve and progress and knowing that people move in different directions and accepting that and like supporting each other doing that. I I had a huge falling out with a friend of mine in high school because it was starting to happen when we were like 15, 16 years old. Like I, that's when I sort of started devoting more time to like theater after school and so I had less time to really hang out and we had grown up across the street from each other we had grown up in mostly the same classes as one another so we were just around each other all the time then we would hang out on the weekends so like we just were always with each other and then it went from that to like barely seeing each other maybe seeing each other in the halls every so often and and I think we wanted to blame each other for that like it was it was his fault or was my fault but I think really what happened is we just sort of chose our paths, you know, organically, like what felt right to us. And it just so happened that we weren't able to spend as much time together. 
I mean, I think I had a bias. Don't report me to anyone, but I love Canada. I love Toronto. One hundred percent. There's just something so magical about Toronto. I don't know if it's just can't. I mean, I do believe it is just because Canada is amazing, but also I yeah. feel like. You know, you're living in an incredible city, downtown, in the heart of it all. You're working, you're making good money, you're being treated well. I mean, like, isn't that the dream? Like, that, the life. that is the, the life. life. Just like, I, I mean, I can't wait for the day that we're both on Broadway, you know what I mean? And just living in New York City, yeah. working, doing the thing, ha- getting the money. Just that's like, nice. that's what it's all about, you know? Just, just making a life. Like, of course, yeah. like, I have dreams of fame and fortune and everything like that, you know what I mean? Just holding an Academy Award in my hand one day, but, like, really at the oh, heart yeah. of it, you know, at the heart of it is just, just want to be a working actor. I think that's been the hardest Definitely. thing about all of this, and I don't know if you can relate, I'm sure, but just, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, like, I found what it is that drives me, like, and I didn't find it at an early age, but I found it what gives my life purpose, what fills me with passion, what fills me with joy. I found it and now we don't have a chance to do it. And like that has been the most challenging thing because now I feel like I'm sort of searching for ways to fulfill myself knowing that there is something out there that truly fulfills me and that I don't have an opportunity to do, you know? Yeah, and I think what it is, creativity definitely fuels me. I have been doing creative things, like just projects whenever I'm bored, or just something to always keep those gears turning in my head. And I think that the pandemic has definitely allowed me to put some things aside and focus on some things that I always wanted to do, felt a little bit embarrassed to do, honestly, mm. and just kind of say... I don't really care what other people think and if I'm going to be so embarrassed by this, just do it. And I've seen it kind of grow into something beautiful and it's not even to where I dream of, you know, it being if it grows to that point. But already I'm seeing that, you know, if I stay consistent with things and work hard at it and believe in it, honestly, and believe in myself that whatever my dreams are, even if it's not really what I put as my priority, like my passion, I see that how, you know, just no matter what, if you work hard at it and be consistent, and that's something that I wasn't really working on is my work ethic, Mm. and now it's allowed me to, now it honestly has allowed me to kind of just put on my boss, you know, cap, my business cap, and get down to it, and be, and be that guy, be the person, the version of me that I feel like is my best self. Wow. I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, what changed in that way? Like, was it really just starting and, and finally, like, pounding the pavement, doing the things that you said that you would do, and then over time doing those things made you feel more valuable? Or was it a mind shift for you just in growing up? Or what do you think? To be honest, I think what it was was feeling like I had no purpose. And what really prompted that was you know, my job being taken away from me and not having that to be like, I'm doing something good, I am successful. Right. And I felt like I was so alone in that. But then I was, you know, venting to my mom. She's like, well, Corey, like, I'm, I'm very much a dreamer and she's a realist. Mm. So she brings me back down from the clouds a lot. <laughs> she really grounds me. But she was like, well, Corey, literally, we're in a pandemic. <laughs> Millions of people are going through the same exact thing. You're not alone. So mm-hmm. that was the first thing that, you know, learning that I wasn't alone in how I felt, even though I am a Taurus and a Type 4 Enneagram, and I'm like, no, I am alone. 
like, I want to be alone, <laughs> like, how I feel, and how I feel, and I feel like no one else can feel that way, but Corey, like, just shut up, and, you know, everyone else was like that, that way, but, um, I think what it was was that I felt purposeless, and I went out to try to search for my purpose when I felt that I didn't have it anymore. I was like, okay, well, if I don't have this, then what am I going to do? I thought of, you know, I got on TikTok. I was trying to be TikTok famous. <laughs> I, um, I, uh, what else did I do? And then I got into, you know, then I got involved with um, activism. And I wanted to, you know, at one point be involved heavily in this election, which, you know, now I, looking back at it in June, especially when the Black Lives Matter movement got more ground and took up more of a space on the mainstream media mm-hmm. and with the uh, George Floyd's murder being the catalyst of a lot of different movements, I wanted to be more of an activist. I said, okay, I care about this too. This is something else that I care about besides theater, besides art. So maybe I'll get into this. And then I got into the DCL reform with you mm-hmm. and everyone else and it made me feel so uh, accomplished. And I, it, it came at an unexpected time because I wasn't really looking to be like successful in the term I just wanted to do something good wow. and it felt like we were doing something good and we still are doing something good and it wasn't even me looking for self-validation it right. was just that I am doing this because I care about it and not because I feel like this will bring me success and then we got into I do a lot of my own photos and we were like hey who does graphics Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, I dabble in graphics. I have a good eye for visuals. And I got into that. And I started doing things for other people, for you, mm-hmm. and for my family. And I got involved with that. And I wanted to be a graphic designer at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I realized, too, that I it just wasn't the right time. You know, definitely maybe down the line I will actually, you know, maybe go to school for it and refine my skills. Who knows? Maybe I won't. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But, <laughs> you know, I still definitely do that on the side. But I think that my passion is really just connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And and theater allowed me to have that. And I felt like for the longest time that was the only way for me to do that. But it's not. You know, I can connect with people through graphics. I can connect with people through TikTok even. I can connect with people through talking about mental illness and and vulnerabilities and our deepest insecurities and becoming our best selves through uh, my now my own video series on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. So, you know, I've just found different ways to do everything that covers all versions of me that still serves the same purpose. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. And it, it's it's so funny hearing you talk about sort of the last few months and how it progressed. It feels almost like well, I did this, and then it led to that, and then it led to that, and then all of a sudden this happened, yeah. and just sort of like unfolded. But it feels like it started in a place where you were feeling sort of helpless and purposeless, which I think everyone can relate to at any point in their lives, but certainly now. You know, we're all experiencing this trauma. And out of that, you chose, okay, how can I make, how can I help other people? You know, it started with yeah. wanting to be more involved in activism. You know, how do I extend outside of myself and how do I try to reach other people that are most likely hurting more than I am I think that is that's how you make it happen because everything else that happened after that for you seems like it just sort of unfolded out of your control almost you just sort of said yes as things happened in front of you but it I feel like it it began because you made that choice you had you know two avenues to go down either fall inside myself 
into the darkness, into the sitting on the couch all day eating chips, or let me try to reach out and try to find ways, you know, that aren't performing because I can't do that right now. Try to find ways to make some sort of a difference for somebody. And I feel like you're, you're doing it, man. Like if you need any sort of validation, you you are doing it. (laughs) And before we get into everything else or whatever else is to come, I want to know more about the weak spots you're video series right now because I'm incredible as I've told you before I'm incredibly inspired by it and yeah yeah, just like where that came from I guess maybe it sort of was born out of this progression of saying yes to things and developing your skills and trying to reach people but what sort of landed you in that like in a video series you know let's create something that exposes the truth in people right yeah I I think like you I am very in touch with my emotions more than the average person <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. Not at all. If that's not your truth. If that's not your truth. But is. I am so emotional all the time. <laughs> and it can be sad, happy, excited. And I always said to myself, I never really explored those emotions. Mm. And it was always it always felt so mysterious to me and why I felt a certain way. And I always felt like if, you know, there's a happy moment and I'm sharing it with people. I am the happiest. I am the one feeling it the most. Mm. And if there is, you know, some type of, you know, a tragedy or a sadness in the room and I'm around people, I'm feeling that the most. And I just feel intensely, honestly. Yeah. And I was having a lot of conversations with people and it kind of evolved after finding myself a little bit and finding my purpose. To go back to our last uh, topic, I kind of, when I started finding my purpose and finding how I can take myself and literally crawl myself out of a dark place from Instagram like quotes and mm. from people's podcasts like I listened to your as I was doing your graphics I would listen to your podcast as I was doing it because uh, I felt like you know I'm making something for him let me see the, the vibe you know while mm-hmm. I'm doing it and I was listening to uh, I don't know if you've heard of it a new podcast who did uh, with Case Kenny no um, who, yeah he really changed my perspective on just how I go, you know, live life and go out and live life, but I would have a lot of conversations with my close friends, my friends who uh, had that mindset of becoming our best selves and doing the work and and healing childhood traumas, because I believe that everything that who we are now is definitely shaped from childhood, most formative years. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you know, we're in our early 20s, and I feel like we cannot be out of 7 billion people. We should not be the only ones feeling this way right. uh, in our in our early 20s. So I was like, you know what? I said yes. Like you said, I just said yes, you know, regardless of what people said. Because believe it or not, I did get people when I announced this, like, why are you doing this? Like, this is <laughs> stupid. And, you know, it's people that I know that I've known for a long time who have supported me in other ways. However, you know, I saw the comment and did not reply and just said, what, no matter what someone says, no matter my own thoughts, my own negativity towards myself, towards the process, I am always going to put the next foot forward wow. in doing it and whatever. And I said, if it's supposed to be here, it will be here and I, will, I won't make it be something that it's not. And whatever it is right now at this second in time in our life, it is what it is. And I... I'm just so happy with, you know, in return now, I mean, me doing two episodes already, like all the positivity and the people who love it, you know, has 
is even more than the people, the naysayers of mm-hmm. praying began. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I just, you know, wanted to share my own thoughts and share my discussions with my friends to more of to reach um, more people and think that, you know, I have something really good going and hopefully, you know, we never know how it grows. I just hope, hope that it grows into something beautiful and something that can help people. 100%, man. I mean, that's beautiful and it is incredible and you should be proud and even if the world blows up tomorrow, you should be proud that you made this incredible thing, you know? I think sometimes I get caught, maybe you can help me with this, I don't know. Sometimes I get caught up in, like you said a while ago, like, I want to try to get famous on TikTok, you know? There's this urge almost when I'm beginning something, it's like, okay, well, I gotta get a million followers, you know? And like, oh, well, I only have 50 likes on this so it's not that good you know it's in it and I sometimes quantify my worth with how it is received and I think you know it's an element of wanting attention or it's an element of wanting that validation but I think really what it is for me is just like a bullshit excuse to say like oh well it's not that good it didn't reach that many people what's the point you know and then I sort of give up on it essentially after I posted my first episode last week I just had a conversation with one of my aunts, actually, and she watched it, and she's uh, one of my aunts that can really, you know, get is at that same level with me, like, this, you know, level she gets me, mm-hmm. and I was telling her that exact thing. I said, I don't want to get caught up in the numbers. I saw a quote from Viola Davis that said, no matter if you get one viewer or a million viewers, keep creating, mm. and that really stuck with me, you know, and just create, and who's to say that a number is going to tell you to not create, and I was telling her that, and she told me, she said, imagine if you started that, and the next day you had a million followers, and all this money coming from it, and brand partnerships, and business deals with all these major companies, and you, your life just completely flipped overnight like mm. that, right, and next thing you know, you, your agent or someone who works for you is getting a call from Oprah, per se, for example. <laughs> from Oprah. From Oprah saying that, we want, I want to interview you, come out to my large mansion, and we'll eat grapes and talk about how you got to success. <laughs> and you go, and you guys film, and in pre-COVID, people might be there. You should have an audience, right? Mm-hmm. And they waited all these hours to go and pay all this money. And Oprah finally sits down and does action. And so, how'd you make it? What's your what's your recipe to success? Tell me your story. And you just say, it just happened. Like, <laughs> everyone's going to be pissed off at you. They, they just waited all this time to see you. It's been all this hype. Your name has been on billboards. There's been commercials advertising this interview. And you say, it just happened. And people are upset because... I mean, that's not how it works. They know that that's not how it works, and then they're going to be like, I'm upset at you, and you you can't write a book with one page that becomes a New York bestseller and say, it just happened, and then the earth. You know, so it definitely has to start all that to say. You know, that's, that's a funny little, you know, way to pick yourself up from forgetting about the numbers and everything. But all that to say, you're going to have to go through a lot of trials and tribulations, to quote Princess Tiana, to get to... <laughs> what you think success is, you know? And honestly, just what I started to view as success, and I'm just actually realizing this now as I talk to you, is that success is every day, daily, working towards your dream. Mm -hmm. Honestly, because I feel like when you get to the top, 
where else are you going to go? If you already start at the ceiling, you have nowhere else to grow. You're only going to go down from there. So I feel like, you know, every day, if you're constantly working, you know, on this and that, and everything is really time management. Mm-hmm. And if you're constantly dedicating time towards your dreams and goals and what you have going for you, that's success and not really, you know, an end point. We have to stop viewing success as a destination. Yes. And just start viewing it as the journey. You know, you're doing it. You're in the car. You're going, you know, on a road trip to wherever, you know. It's yes. just what comes along the way is the bonus. Today's episode is unknowingly sponsored by Golden Grooming, an all-natural skin and hair care product company made for black men and all men of color. This Detroit-based company is owned by former NFL wide receiver Herman Moore, who is sharing with his community what it means to win. Whether it's their revolutionary skin products, all-natural hair care, or specialty beard bombs and oils, these products are helping men of color everywhere look their best, feel their best, and win in ways they never thought possible. With 5% of sales donated to historically black colleges and universities, Golden Grooming is paving the way for all men to take ownership of their futures. Sign up now to join Team Golden and save 10% off your first order. Visit their website, goldengroomingco.com, for more information or on Instagram at goldengroomingco. as all things I feel it comes down to balance yeah. I think it's important to remember like you said that 
human beings, you know, we are incredibly flawed and that's okay. Yeah. That's a part of our chemistry and our nature, I think, that it, that I was listening to somebody, I can't remember who or what it was in context of, but it was something like saying that there's a difference between failing and giving up or quitting. I think that in order what? to oh I heard that too <laughs> it must have been something I don't know where I on Facebook or some video that just is a part of our algorithm because we're the exact same person yeah. that I'm, I'm finding so okay. we probably watch the same stuff but yeah just the, uh, the the constant reminder that to be down to be negative to fail to not have a great day like this is all a part of being an alive human being I definitely just want them, honestly, at the end of the day, to smile and be happy. And and as long as that's true to them, you know, definitely, like, if you're sad, be sad. If you're upset, be upset. You know, be a human being, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's always a reason to smile. And if I can give you that, then great. If I can't, hopefully something else or someone else can do that. So I just try to, you know, be me wherever I am. And sometimes I hide, but then... Once I get the vibe and the atmosphere, I might just come out and <laughs> be me. But I think that's with anyone. That's with anyone. Yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of, if you're in a new place and not with people that you're familiar with, you kind of fill it out. And then, you know, if you aren't really vibing with that, that's not your personality. You kind of say to yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah. I mean, for you, balancing that mindset of, I want to extend myself out and be selfless and make people smile, which is a beautiful thing. How do you balance that with, you know, I need love and I need things from other people as well. And I need to put the attention on myself from time to time as well. You know, has that been a challenge for you or is it just sort of come more naturally? It was the challenge for me so far uh, of my 22 years on this earth but it has been the challenge for me simply because and actually I didn't start working on that until this until quarantine wow. I think literally quarantine has been the most 180 for me and I'm sure for a lot of other people and just acknowledging and working on yourself I know a lot of people think like 2020 has been the year from hell and so much has happened but I felt this thing like 2020 might have been the year that we needed and I don't know about everyone else but I definitely needed it uh-huh. because I am totally you know a different person than I was even at the beginning of the year you know I'm considered an extrovert and very uh, much of a social butterfly and I talk to everyone and I know a lot of people however I found that I like being with me as much as I like talking to other people. Yeah. Like, I definitely, if the, if the situation calls for it, and, you know, not in COVID, but when I'm back in a social setting with a lot of people, you know, I can, I that's still true to me. I am that. But I realize that as much as I love that and connecting with people, I just love being to myself. And I find that I need to recharge a lot. You know, I think, like you said, it's a balance. I just learned to balance being, you know, with people and then being with myself. I need, you need both 
you know, equally, I feel. And also, I kind of want to be selfish a little bit, say I kind of need me more, you know, it just depends on the person. 100%. Um, Yeah, but I found that for a while, I was always around people and got to know them, but didn't know myself Mm. and didn't know what I liked to do and what I wanted. And I felt like I came off to people like I didn't know, I didn't have goals in sight. Or I was ambitious, or I um, did not have you know my life figured out. And one thing that I hated and I'm still struggling with is that I don't like looking like a failure. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of grown in accepting failure, but I don't like looking like that to other people. And it's so it's okay if I fail, and I'm the only person that knows about it. But get other people to know about it, and I am in my grave. <laughs> um, uh, I'm I'm working on that, and I feel like if I want to grow and become someone that can reach out to so many different people, I'm going to have to be able to follow my face in front of everyone and laugh with them, you totally. know, at myself. Totally. Um, yeah. I just, you know, started to have that time and be more selfish, and that's what I was learning from uh, the podcast that I mentioned before, uh, Case, with Case Kenny. He was just like, be more selfish. One day I was listening to it, he was like, you need to take that time for yourself. It's necessary for you. Just be more selfish. If you don't want to go do that thing, say no and yeah. don't give an explanation. Just say, this doesn't serve me right now. I need to go do this. That's no personal attack on you, more so for me, you know, to just right. be, you know, in, in touch with who I am so that when I am out in front of or in the mix of people, I can still be in touch with that person, whether I am by myself or, you know, in a crowd of it was sad to see that certain people I was I knew I, they couldn't be themselves because they you know didn't do what a lot of people do is just leave you know your hometown and get out and expose yourself. For me, going to New York, I was exposed to everything, mm-hmm. and you know, and that's how you know it goes. You know, mm-hmm. you're in New York, and it's they call it the melting pot and there's so many different walks of life and so much to see and so much to do and for me I finally said I can be me I don't feel like an outcast you know and actually you know outcast isn't the right word for that I don't feel like uh, I am just different anymore you know I was going to uh, school with you know, I say this with all the love in my heart, a bunch of weirdos, because mm-hmm. I was a weirdo. Of course. So, um, I think, you know, you do musical theater, and especially here, where it's like, in a, a lot of small towns, too, where it's like, oh, well, you know, you're a girl, and that's only for girls, yep. and dancing is, is gay, and you can't do that, and why don't you, you know, uh, you're always, you know, kicking your leg up in the air and twirling and stuff. And honestly, you're just being, I'm just being myself. Right. You know, I'm just being me. And at the time, I didn't have the guts or, you know, the bravery to do that, to stand up for myself. Now I do. I want someone to mess with me now. But anyway, <laughs> right. I, I just, you know, in New York, it really brought out who I was and who I wanted to be and part of that journey. And I didn't realize that until after I got there. You know, I was just there you know, to, you know, go to school for theater and kind of be in a space where I could wholeheartedly and fully give my all my attention to it mm-hmm. and not feel, you know, judgment or ridicule and, you know, for, for pursuing the art and just for being who I was and who I am. 
you know, the first time that I felt like I could just completely be free. And uh, it was just very liberating. And I'm glad that I, you know, did that. Because I, I look back and a lot of people, a lot of my friends went to four-year universities and went to study biochemistry and mm-hmm. law and politics. And they're all smart. And kudos to them. Like, they're all great. I love them. Um, but I was like, I don't want to do any of that. And I'm just going to go to school, go to the conservatory, and work in the industry. Yes. And that's what I did. I went out and did that. And yes. I kind of knew what I wanted to do. And I looked back on it and I said, I don't have any regrets in what I did. I might have missed, you know, the social aspect of universities, you know, mm-hmm. and what, you know, those lead on. But, you know, I look back on it and I'm like, you know what, I, I did it right. I yeah. think I knew, I trusted my gut and I said I did it right. And New York, going to New York for school was the best decision I could have made for myself. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, some people, I was very fortunate to have the means and have the support from my family to go, you know, and live in these places. But I realize that sometimes for people that might not be their reality, totally. but even if you can, like not even move, just like drive or go somewhere for a day or two or for a week or however long you can and, and come back, you can come back to your hometown, but you have to, like I saw actually today, I saw this post that said you are responsible for Oh gosh, no, it escapes me. What is it? No, I have to find it. I have to find it. Uh, it says that. Oh, it says that you are personally responsible for becoming more ethical than the society you grew up in. Wow. And and I think that what it is is you can go out and go experience you know different ways of life and different cultures and meet all different types of people and you can come back from it and be a totally, you know, maybe not totally different person because I definitely think that uh, a changed person happens uh, over time. Um, but I think more so it comes from an understanding, you know, and you don't have to accept everyone, you know, if that's not your cup of tea, whatever, but I think it's understanding people mm. and understanding who people are and understanding, you know, their truth and what they know to be their reality and taking that and trying your best to put yourself in that shoes. You will never truly understand someone else's experience simply because that's a different person. Right. But if you if you take the time to just listen, quiet your your opinions and your biases and prejudices and whatever your opposing side is, just quiet it and kind of push that ego to the back, to the back mm-hmm. of your mind. Mm-hmm. And just let love because I believe no matter how horrible someone may be everyone knows love and everyone is taught how to hate but love is something natural and given to us from the moment we take our first breath and everyone everyone, if they really wanted to can love Um, and I feel like we have to put love at the forefront of everything that we do and so when we're you know experiencing new things and new types of people we have to come to it with a different with a with more of a wanting to understand, a wanting to learn, a wanting to see what it's like to just be someone else and live in someone else's reality. And I didn't think about this, but you know, that's why I one of the reasons why I like theater because we have the chance to be different people, different characters mm-hmm. and research different uh, lifestyles and how and what a character who a character is. And I think like getting into that and 
of course. Like getting it to that to that side too of like one second I'm Corey and I might feel this way because of an experience I had, and then if I get on stage, the next second I am this character who you know Corey has never experienced that feeling, but I have to go off of research and character work and rehearsals into mold this authentic person on stage to be lifelike, to be well, actual, you know, human, a different soul in my body. But all that to say, understanding, I think if we understand uh, wanting to understand other people, and there are things that I don't understand, but I actively and intentionally seek it out to learn about it and educate myself. I was thinking when you were talking, the idea of ego and how we need to sort of remove it when we're trying to connect people and lead with love. Yeah, definitely. One will always kind of outweigh the other. And and humans, especially in the age of technology and social media, I feel like ego kind of always wins. Of course. (laughs) Um, And I definitely have had my, you know, times where... I might do something, and oh, and even oh, like I said before, this will this will kind of explain that where I was trying out this new thing, or you know, the weak spots, and people were like, "No, you shouldn't do that," and I had to put my ego aside in that moment and not fight back or not not reply with some kind of remark or you know, why would you say that or be so offended by it because I was insecure about it when I started it, and the ego only is there to protect your insecurities and what you view as you know kind of you know weakness and your vulnerabilities and i believe that the ego you know is kind of like like the big brother of of insecurity Mm -hmm. so you don't so you don't show or so that your spots your weak spots gosh why did i do that branded branded love it (laughs) so they aren't shown yeah people who you think are intruding or attacking you or hurting you and really you know someone might mean that and they say it and they might be joking some people might mean it however the ego cannot differentiate the two they're like no you're attacking me i have to like destroy you now (laughs) because you're no you know you're not good you're not anything then you realize you look back on it after you have you know done lashed out this person that did come at you incorrectly should never come at you incorrectly anyway (laughs) you done lashed out at this person you're like i could have been better than that gosh why did i do that and i let you know my ego kind of aside and say you know I, I felt it first, and that's one of my biggest things, biggest kicks that I'm on at this moment is feeling my feelings, mm-hmm. just allowing myself to be human, and not trying to be this super emotionally healthy human all the time, right. because that's not that's not who we are. Right. But I let myself feel it, you know, in all this authenticity, and then I say, okay, and I count down from like ten to one, you know, or whatever, and and I get myself together, and I say, okay. Now, how do how does my best self want to acknowledge this or reply to this? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of the practices that I am with myself because I've definitely took some things um, out of emotion and especially heightened emotion that I don't mean. I said, oh, I wish I would handle that better, but you know, you live and you learn, and it's all about experience. And without that experience, I wouldn't know what it means to feel it, mm-hmm. let it be, let it simmer down, and then approach it. And I think that's how we, like, just calm our ego. Our ego is, like, I think of it as anger from inside out. Like, calm down, and then, you know, let's put joy 
self-love come like does that sort of originate deep down within or is it sort of from reaching out and trying to love others and extend our love to then bring it back in and that's how we acquire it like right. yeah I don't know hmm. you know I have really been trying to figure out how to self-love and I I don't know how to really acquire self-love mm. I know that I want it Yes. And I know that I have taken some steps, more like more time for myself, cleaning my room, always making sure that my room is how I want it, because mm. I value my own space and I'm alone. If there's one thing that I can control, it's, you know, where is my room. And, you know, just, I've done those, you know, cliche self-care things, mm-hmm. and I find myself sometimes still back in that same way of thinking and like those negative thoughts creeping in and I'm like well that didn't help like why didn't that me why didn't me taking care of myself doing spa day all day yesterday cure my thoughts <laughs> and I'm like you know it's not it's not going to be overnight and I think it's something that we just have to figure out you know what self-care and self-love means to us as the individual mm-hmm. and I sometimes just be sitting around doing something and I just think to myself, I'd be like, do I love myself now? Like, do I love myself right now? Like, I literally will stop and be like, is this what self-love feels like? Like, am, am I, is this it? Like, I don't, like, I'm like, feeling, it's like that one thing too, it's like, how do you know when you're in love? It's like, right. this is what in love is being like, when you meet someone that you like, I'm like, I have a lot of crushes or what I like and I'm like, convince myself like, this is what self-love is. I mean, this is what falling in love is and it's not because they're gone out of, them anymore but like Uh, what people, you know, just bought or what, you know, I can go on and on with that, but 
I think that comparison in, in our day, in this day and age is, is hindering our journey in self-love and what it means to love ourselves. And I think if we just take the time to be with ourselves more, uh, intentionally unfollow someone, intentionally not hang out with someone, mm-hmm. just like do what you need to do to stop those negative, negative thoughts. Yes. I'm picking up on that you there are these things that are important to you that once you sort of complete them or work on them or do them you know you are feeling that sort of fulfillment you are feeling that sort of self love that sort of respect for yourself that is being generated because you're doing the things that are important to you just like you know we want to find those certain qualities in other people whether it be a friendship or a relationship that you know, we need these certain things from other people to be able to vibe well with, and without them, it's just not going to work. Like, if you just let your room go to yeah. shit, it's just not going to be a place that you want to be in, so it's just, it's not going to vibe well with you, you know? So I just think not that... It's not going to work. Yeah, it's not going to work, you know? It's just like finding those things. I don't know, I was reading something, I don't know, this idea of, like, finding your life's partner or, or love in general, like, we have this misconception that everything is meant to be perfect you know and everything is meant to work yeah. well all the time and that definitely um, one of my favorite quotes is oh gosh I'm cliche Beyonce just don't know Carter my favorite <laughs> yes. artist ever in the world yes. um, in her song Spirit that she did for the Lion King she says that when you're trembling that's when the magic happens and that's so true like you think about it in its simplest term like imagine you're doing you're like doing a plank something right mm. and you're just holding it and you start shaking and trembling and you're like oh i can't hold it anymore but you hold it some more and you are literally shaking to the max and that's mm. you trembling and then you finally stop after you beat your record and you look down one day and you're like oh I, my abs are coming in yay that's <laughs> the magic happening like when you are in your breaking point when it feels like you're struggling all the time and when it feels like, you know, you're you are at your wit's end, honestly, right after that is when the magic, you know, is happening. You see it for yourself. And like you said, I think that relationships and friendships definitely require, you know, that struggle and that's what comes with it. And I feel like, you know, we have to take the good when things are good and when things are bad, good. Mm-hmm. Because if we can take them both, out of love and say we can both still love from this good thing this bad thing I think that's what really kind of forms that joy living in joy with someone sharing joy with someone yeah Yeah, wow Um, absolutely I mean I'm thinking of I was just watching this video there's this guy David Goggins who has this like sort of story that if you look it up you'll see it's like pretty famous story of just he's he, he was this overweight guy that wanted to be in the marines or in the army or something and he was basically told that he needed to lose like a hundred pounds in a matter of three months if he wanted to make like the appropriate height weight ratio and he just like you know put his head down made a plan and he did it like in three months he just did all this madness and crazy stuff and pushed his body to the limits and he was saying he's saying how when we feel like we're 
you know, we're at our last rep or our last, you know, few steps, like we're completely gassed and ready to give in, like our body shutting down. When we feel that, our our body is really only at 40% of its capacity and that it's really comes, yeah, it comes down to a total mental game that you start to tell yourself as your body gets fatigued that it's time to stop, it's time to rest, it's time to give up or whatever and that really our body can take so much more than from that initial sort of brain stem saying it's time to take a rest And, and I think that concept of like, it's really like imagine just like struggling and then imagine tenfold of that and like that's where the magic happens you know yeah now i'm gonna go work out and do three sets of 100 <laughs> <laughs> just just tear all the muscle fibers and <laughs> never be able to walk yeah, again i know right uh, <laughs> but no that that's such but that even just hearing that for the first time mm-hmm. i am so kind of motivated to just get to the life that I know get to the things that I want for myself because you know saying that you know at 40% of what our bodies can do I am just like it's really it's crazy how the mind can tell our bodies that we are we can't do something anymore or that we aren't able to do it and I was reading oh gosh where did I hear it I'm forgetting everything anyway I was reading one day and thing that the mind a lot of times we associate the mind with the body and that they are one but they're not they're actually you know two separate things you have your mind which is kind of a part of your soul if you want to say and your body which is this external shell that everyone has that we're given on this earth and a lot of times we think that oh if my mind says i can't do it that's my body telling my mind Mm -hmm. and our body doesn't work in that way where our body you know says oh if if i have an injury i'm going to for the brain to say ouch you know right. but in, not in that respect in the more so the way that our mind if you think that oh I can't run that far or I can't reach you know this position in the company or I can't you know put out you know an album or something that I, I can't do these things that's me saying that oh this is who I am this is my body telling me that I am not able to do that and I think that you know our bodies our body was just here, and imagine if my if I had my body, but someone else's mind. My body could do everything that that mind wanted me to yes, do. Yes, yes. You know, and yes. so it's just because it's in. So it's just because it's my mind telling this body that I just so happen to be in that I can't do that when I have all of this wasted energy and creativity and ideas and, and passion that will never see the light of day. Yes. And I feel like that is one of the biggest things, you know, and that's why we all need to change our, want to change our mindset. Because if you change your mindset, you have a new mind, and now your body is able to do all these things. And you know how you're going to get there is through experience and through doing it and trying it and saying yes. And saying yes to things that you think you're going to be, you know, complete failure at. And you might surprise yourself and look back on it and say, I did not know that I was capable of these things and of this life and i just love that you said that because now i am on a high i'm so grateful for you man and thank you so much for sitting here and talking with me of course of course thank you